the following, a podcast dedicated to two words Jesus used to change the world, follow me. He used it then and he uses it now. What does it mean? Does it define the boundaries of our relationship with him? Come and join us as we explore follow me in the following. Hello, my name is Timothy Lister and this is episode 14 of the following, at least we hope it is. This has been a uh, very difficult episode to get finished. We've, uh, this will make it officially the fifth time we've attached trying to get the um, talk part of the podcast down in a usable form. First one I uh, did, I was getting ready to package it up and I listened to it and my voice sounded so tired and so old, I thought it would be um, unmerciful for me to let people try to read it. <clears throat> One of the problems with Parkinson's is it does uh, affect your speech. And uh, you'll notice that I have um, a bit of a rasp in my voice. That's a part of the Parkinson's. And, and, and sometimes I get have trouble getting my words out. But that's just um, what we have to deal with. And we'll go deal with that straight ahead. So that, that, that's not going to be a worry. Um we had technical problems with one of our uh, recording uh, programs, and that took a while. Uh, if, as you know, we had a horrific um, terrorist attack in Christchurch, which just sucks the life out of you as an individual and the, the community and the, cult, the country. So that's put the, the brakes on doing anything for a while. But we would really like to talk about a story that has its beginnings back in 1896 or 7 in the United States with a, um, a pastor of a church looking for a way to build his Sunday evening service uh, back in the day when all Baptist-type churches had a evening service. And he decided instead of preaching in a regular sermon that he would uh, write a book and he would write the chapter during the week, and then the following Sunday night he would read that chapter to the, his congregation. And he did that, and, and while that while he did that, every Sunday uh, a local magazine would um, pick up the manuscript and take it back and publish it. And uh, so when he got finished with the, the book, he was uh, preaching to a, uh, a, a large, much larger congregation, and uh, the the, pub, the publisher of the magazine took the all of the chapters and put it together in a paper ten cent paperback book, in which they sold a hundred or two hundred thousand copies of it. The book went on to become the um, one of the best sellers of, of, of printed literature anywhere in the world. It's just, I think it's thir- second, third, or fourth from the Bible. It just sold hundreds of thousands of. Uh, copies of the book, and one of the reasons is that the author never protected it with copyright protection, so he never um, benefited from the, the writing of the book, but because he didn't do that, it, it gave um, room for publishers to publish it and, and make money out of it, and so the book spread all over the, the place. It's the story of a, a, a pastor, um, Reverend Maxwell, who, who pastors a church in a, in a fictitious town called... Uh, Raymond, and um, he's at his desk one Friday um, afternoon, finishing the touches on his sermons for the following Sunday. Uh, his wife takes the children, and, and they go out um, to give the husband some quiet in the in the manse in the parsonage. 
and he settles down for the afternoon of work. And when he does, uh, somebody rings the bell at the door, and he at first uh, ignores it, hoping that they would just go away. But they persisted in ringing it again, and uh, he went down to open the door and found a, uh, a rather young man, maybe in his early 30s, but clearly um, homeless. Uh, in fact, in the book, uh, they refer to him as a tramp. And uh, he he opened the door, and the man said, uh, Sir, I'm not um, your ordinary tramp, your ordinary homeless person. I... Uh, I can't find a job. I need a job. I've been looking for a job. I, I only had one trade, and it was to be a, pr a printer, and they've bought a new machine and lost their jobs. And I know of six other men in my situation who've killed themselves. So I just was hoping that you knew if there was a job. Also, my, my he, um, he, he is busy and uh, wishes him well, but it has, says, I have nothing for you. I've only got a small section here and I can do the work myself and and says goodbye and uh, the man walks away sort of disappointed um, the the man finishes his sermons and has his Saturday with his wife and, and then uh, comes to preaching Sunday morning and he preaches a message um, based on first um, Peter 221 that um, says that basically he says God has given you this so that you can uh, suffer with him and walk in his steps, follow in his steps. And so he was preaching a message on what what we need to do to follow in the steps of Jesus and, and how that's a responsibility of uh, the Christian and uh, and is, uh, bear the fruits of, of, of commitment and uh, love and peace and, and comfort and imitation. And uh, so he finishes the sermon and the choir gets the, the quartet gets up to sing and uh, they sing a, a song uh, all the way my savior leaves me uh, uh, one of those songs that uh, uh restates and, and re um commits the, the people's heart to give them a chance to commit themselves to the content of the sermon and as before they got a chance to sing um a voice called from under the the um the balcony of the church and uh, asking for an opportunity to speak um, and be, before the, the pastor had the ability to stop him he made his way to the front of the church um, and he begins to talk he says I've, I've been wondering if it will be just the thing to say a word at the close of the service I'm not a drunk and I'm not crazy. I'm perfectly harmless. And But if I die, as there's every likelihood I shall die in a few days, I want a satisfaction of thinking that I said, I say to a place like this before a crowd like this. And he goes on to tell them that he's not an ordinary tramp. He's not just a, a hobo, a, a drunkard. Um, he says, I'm not an ordinary tramp, although I don't know if there's any teaching of Jesus that would help us identify one from the other. Uh, I lost my job 10 months ago. As I said, he was a printer by trade, and a new, what was called linotype machine had come in and put, put many men out of work. Um, he doesn't blame the newspapers for making the decision, but 
Uh, there was just nothing to do, and he'd been spending the, the the ten months he was out of work trying to get um, get work. He said, "I'm not complaining, him. I'm just stating the fact." But I was wondering, as I sat there under the gallery, if what you call following Jesus is the same thing as what he taught. What did he mean when he said, follow me? The minister said that it is necessary for the disciple of Jesus to follow in his steps. And he said, in the steps of obedience, faith, love, and imitation. But I did not hear him tell you just what he meant that to mean, especially the last step. What do you Christians mean by following in the steps of Jesus? I walked all through the city for, for three days trying to find a job. In all that time, I've not had a word of sympathy or comfort or uh, anything except from your minister who said he was sorry for me and hoped that I would find a job somewhere. I suppose it's because you get posed on by professional homeless people that you have lost interest in that sort of thing. I'm not blaming anybody, am I? Just stating the facts. Of course, I understand that you can't go all, all, all the way all over the place hunting jobs for other people. Uh, I'm not asking you to do that. But what I feel puzzled about is, what does it mean to follow Jesus? What do you mean when you sing the song, I'll go with him, with him, all the way? Do you mean that you're suffering and denying yourselves and trying to save the lost, suffering humanity, just as I understand Jesus did? What do you mean by it? I see the ragged edge of things a good deal. I understand there are more than 500 men in this city. Uh, in my case, most of them have families. My wife died four months ago. I'm glad she's out of this trouble. My little girl is staying with a printer's family until I find a job. Somehow, I get puzzled when I see so many Christians living in luxury and singing, Jesus, I, I my cross have taken, all to leave and follow thee and remembering how my wife died in, in the tenement in New York City, grasping for air and asking God to take the little girl, girl too. Of course, I don't expect you people can prevent everyone from dying of starvation or lack of proper nourishment or treatment uh, or, or uh, tenement air. But what does it mean to follow Jesus? I understand that the Christian people own a good many of the tenements a member of the church was the owner of the one where my, where my wife died. I've wondered if following Jesus all the way was true in his case. I heard some people singing at the church prayer meeting the other night, all for Jesus, all for Jesus, all my beams ransom power, all my thoughts and all my doings, all my days and all my hours. And I kept wondering as I sat on the steps outside just what they meant by it. It seems to me that there's an awful lot of trouble in the world that somehow wouldn't exist if all the people who sing such songs went out and lived by them. I suppose I don't understand, but what would Jesus do? Is that what you mean by following his steps? It seems to me sometimes as if the people in the big churches had the nice clothes and the nice houses to live in and money to spend on luxuries and going away on summer vacations and and all that. While the people outside the church, thousands of them, I mean, die in tenements and walk in the streets and for jobs, looking for jobs and never have a 
piano or a picture of the in the house and grew up in the misery and drunkenness and sin. After the man had a say, he suddenly lurched in the direction of the communion table and laid one road filthy hand on the Lord's Supper table. His hat fell upon the carpet at his feet and stir went to the congregation. The pastor stepped up to the podium and said, um, we will consider the service closed. Powerful challenge to ask ourselves what we mean when we say things and sing things. I've often said that Christians lie more in their singing and worship times than anything else. We sing about lives that are wholly committed to God and totally His 24 hours a day and seven days a week, and yet we know deep inside that that's not the case. And we get to these parts in the New Testament where Jesus clearly sides with the poor and, 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 and evokes His followers to open their hearts and give to the poor and take care of the poor, and, and uh, we just kind of um, nod our heads and walk away not knowing really what it means. The, the passage that the pastor was looking at, the, the verse, was 1 Peter 1, 21, sorry. For hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. And one of the problems about preaching the verse is it takes it right out of context. Uh, and 1 Peter is a, a book that's loaded with context. And this comes at the, the end of a long diatribe of really specific things that we, that we can do as, as we follow in his steps. It must have been the first or second time we came back to the United States from uh, our life in New Zealand. We went to the Penn Square Mall in Oklahoma City for, to get ready for Christmas. And, we, and we, I encountered there a store that I'd never seen before. The name of the store was WW. JD. It wasn't a big store. It was a smallish gift-looking store, but inside it was just packed with uh, baubles and necklaces and, and bracelets and purses and and um, briefcases and and uh, candlestick holders and and um, serving plates and all emblazoned with those, those four letters WWJD. Of course, it, it stands for what would Jesus do, and and because. Charles Sheldon had never copyrighted his book. And the youth pastor in a church in, in um, Holland, Michigan, who wanted to find a way that she could remind her, her, her youth on a regular basis to, to keep a commitment they made to each other, they would try to live their lives asking the question, what would, you, what would Jesus do? And she hadn't protected the idea she came up with, which was a, a leather bracelet with four beads on it in its simplest configuration, WWJD. What would Jesus do? Design that these would look at that and be reminded. And that, too, took off like wildfire. People came in, and there's been hundreds and thousands, millions of dollars of product with WWJD sold on it. She never got an ounce of royalty, but that was not the issue for her. The issue was that the message got out. But it burnt through the church in, in, in the... And it ceased being a message and, and, and started being jewelry. I think Christians have a tendency when, when, when a doctrine gets too tough to really live with the ramifications, we make it into a piece of jewelry and put it on our neck and tuck it down in our shirts. 
so we would all advocate and, 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 and uh, welcome the, the admonition, what would Jesus do? They ask the question. But you know, the, 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 the facts is in, in, the, in the, the Bible, and we'll look at this later, in the Bible, there is an uh, assumption that when you find out the will of God, you'll do it in his steps. We talked last time, I think, about part of the, 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 the following is imitating Figuring out how we can take what Jesus did and how Jesus thought and how he reacted and how he responded and put it through the the uh, filter of our our life and 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 be what Jesus would be if he were us as we walk in his steps as we abide in the following. So we're going to take a look at First Peter over the next uh, several months as someone who walked with Jesus and ministered with Jesus and was loved by Jesus and rebuked by Jesus tells us what Jesus thought and what he meant and how it should affect our life. Remember, you abide in the following. What would Jesus do?